then another time it will be I'll get a, a text from Chase saying, I need you to pack my to-go suitcase because I'm hopping on a jet with Jared Leto. So an oh Uber will be coming, pulling up, and I'd be taking his suitcase and dropping it into the Uber so they can take it to the jet pad so he can hop on a private jet. It sounds jet like a really Jared. hard life. It was, <laughs> you know, it was a thing. It doesn't sound glamorous at all. No. And so I'm like, okay, but when you experience that, it helps like, okay, this is real. This, I can do this. Hi, everyone. I'm David Bosher. And I'm Sid Sharice. And you're listening to Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. Where we teach you to salon differently. Sid, do you still wash your hair? Not since I've been using new wash. No need for conditioners, masks, or post-wash detanglers. Are you talking about the non-toxic detergent-free shampoo and conditioner replacement by Hair Story? Yes, and all of our listeners can get a free pouch of new wash. Visit hairstory.com slash DTH. I'm already typing it in. As coaches, we are constantly asked for what we think is the best booking software system in the industry, and we finally found them. We are excited to introduce you to Gloss Genius, rated Reader's Choice number one software by Beauty Launchpad. We know it's a pain in the ass to switch all of your clients to a new booking system, but Gloss Genius will do this for you for free. DTH listeners get their first month free on us, as well as your very own stunning credit card reader. An $80 value. To sign up, visit dth.gossgenius.com. David, it's spring. It's springtime. It's spring in New York. <laughs> it's funny because I feel like There's spring... There's still nothing to do. <laughs> I feel like spring everywhere else is... It's, it's very different than springtime in New York. Springtime in New York is like you've been hibernating... You gained 20 pounds. Been and really now, hibernating since last yeah. spring. <laughs> and especially with the pandemic, you've been hibernating, you gained 20 pounds, and now you go outside, you're like... <sighs> yeah. You're like, I'm like, wait, I can put on shorts again? Do I want to? Like, that's that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> well, this is the thing too. Like, in New York City, are we allowed to wear shorts? I'm not sure. <laughs> but no, or sandals. You don't want to wear sandals. No. The streets are so gross. <laughs> and I see people on the streets in sandals, and it's like, there's a lot of dirty things Mm-hmm. In these streets, y'all. But you don't want to do it. <laughs> I'm so excited for today's guest. <laughs> Is that how we're transitioning? Yeah, right about into it. I'm like, I want, we have so to much to guests. talk to him about. <laughs> no, I'm really excited too because I, you know, a lot of our podcasts surround you and I and different parts of the industry, and I, I'm excited for this conversation specifically because it is going to focus on education and kind of coming up in the industry, yeah, with, with a plan and. I think that's really important to talk about. So I am excited to invite Mitchell Cantrell to the podcast. How are you? Hello. Hi. Hi. I'm <laughs> Thanks doing, for joining us. Yes, yes. I'm doing very well. I'm super excited to be here. How are y'all You're doing? You're all the way on the other coast, right? I am, where it's spring and summer all year round. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and sandals are welcome. Yes. Sandals are welcome on the West Coast. Let's just go over, over there here. if I want to wear sandals and shorts. That's what, I'm just going to come visit you on that. There you go. <laughs> Did you grow up on the West Coast? No, I grew up in Chicago where um, 
it's kind of a similar vibe as far as New York and the hibernation and everything. So I'm definitely used to that. But I was walking outside today and just be like, thank you, sun, for shining. Thank you, leaves. <laughs> thank you, flowers, for smelling good. So that's it's definitely a place to I be I do the same grateful. thing. But it's like, thank you, God, for it not being trash day. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, whenever I get a ray of light in my apartment, my partner and I will literally and the dog, it'll just be like one it. ray of light will lay in that little ray of light just until it goes away, just to have some vitamin D on our faces right now. It's so our listeners can't see, but Mitchell is in this brightly lit, naturally lit room. Obviously, Beautiful. the sun is shining. I'm in like a gloomy, overcast <laughs> setting, but... No, we're happy to have you here. You're from Chicago. Tell us, how did you get started in this hair industry? How did you get from Chicago to the West Coast? What What's that story there? I moved to California when I was 19 years old to pursue a career in filmmaking. I wanted to be a cinematographer and a videographer. And my family, I had a little bit of experience before in Chicago working with cameras. And my family convinced me to pick up a trade from a trade school so that while I'm paying for film school and going to film school, since it was expensive, well, it's expensive, I can afford my lifestyle because they definitely weren't like paying for it. So (laughs) (laughs) they're like, if you want this lifestyle, you're going to have to do it. Yeah. And so I started looking through catalogs of different community colleges and whatnot, and I found cosmetology. And I said, okay, well, if I can do hair, I can do hair on set. And if I'm on set, then I can make the connections I need to make to transition into the film crew. So you were a natural. That's brilliant. You're like, I'm just going to get in there, like get paid to be in there, but also like exactly. make connections. Exactly. Yes. And keep in mind, I'm like 18 strategizing this. So <laughs> I tap myself, my 18 year old self on the back for that. 18 year old ideas are he the most good. brilliant ideas. He did good. <laughs> and so from there, I rode in cosmetology school and about a few months in to about halfway in, I started to like at first I was like, no, I'm not interested in this. I'm just here to make money. Uh, you know, I'm not really interested in this. And then it ended up growing on me. And by that time, there was someone who was already active in the industry, but she was a makeup artist. Her name is Leslie Rodriguez. And she was already active in the industry. And so, but she was coming to hair school to get her license, her cosmetology license. And so I eventually started assisting her on set. And I, that kind of was like my first like peek into the industry and seeing what that was. Eventually I got a few more peeks and I was able to see kind of like in the movie where if you look at a production, when you're on a production, sometimes it's very much so like, the scene in Mean Girls when they walk into the high school and they're like, those are the cool kids. Those are no the No one geeks. prepares you for that. <laughs> those are yeah. the jocks. It's very, it's, you could tell, sometimes you could tell the, the departments. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, that's the film crew over there. And then those are the beauty crew Don't and the trailer. Don't talk to so-and-so. Not so much the <laughs> cattiness, because everyone's like, everyone's typically like, let's get this done. Let's be yeah. productive. Let's do it's what we got to do. Anywho, I <laughs> saw the film crew and I saw the beauty crew and the beauty crew definitely seemed to be having more fun. I love their fashion more. They were treated better because they were closer to the clients. 
So a lot of the time, people just treat you with a little bit more respect because if you're the star's right-hand makeup artist or her hairstylist, you're touching the person who's giving everybody a job that day. So everyone treats you a little bit better. They also use the hairdresser to be like, can you get them to hurry up? How much longer is it going to be? You're like, give them their time. Right, exactly. (laughs) You become an extension of the most important person of the day, pretty much. Yes. And so I I was like, oh, that's cute. I end up just enjoying (laughs) that that path. As well as it was less laborious. We're not lugging around things besides our heavy kits. So I end up uh, deciding to stay, do the hair route. And the passion to work on set never left. So I did enter the hair industry, but I'm more so a set hairdresser. So I work on set more than I don't, I don't even work in the salon anymore, but I do do house calls. So, but after cosmetology school, I went to, I did do some salon time. I did about two to three years at Preve Salon where I, I learned a lot. I assisted some legends there, Laurent Defour, which was the owner and founder of Preve Products and Preve Salons. So he's like an OG, OG European guy, which helped me. I learned a lot about grace from him and being very graceful with the hair. I, I gleaned that from him. And then I assisted Chase Casero, which is the K in IGK. And so all of them, IGK, Frank, Aaron, and Chase, and also Frank's brother, they all used to work for Preve. And it was literally LA, New York, and Miami. So, you know, Chase was in LA, Aaron was in New York, and Frank was in Miami. And they represented Preve as the headquarters and the like artistic directors. And so I got to, yeah, I got to work with them in education, assist them through the runway shows. They, we did fashion week every year. Then they had an influence fashion on the fashion week. week. That's a whole nother story. Yeah. And so <laughs> we could do a whole nother podcast on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was good. It, it was a podcast about PTSD. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Did working with them lead you into education? No. Is that where you learned a lot? No, I wouldn't say that. I would say what I learned from working with them was was celebrity. Because mm-hmm. I, at that time, if, I'll hop back to education, but I was already doing education for a company called Ergo Styling Tools um, oh, while yeah. I was working at Preve. But staying on this with the IGK and, and Chase, Chase taught me celebrity because he's a celebrity hairstylist. And at that time, I was assisting him. He was doing everyone from like Sierra, the singer to Jared Leto. And so it was a really hot moment for him at that time. And I remember there would be times where Sierra would be pulling up into the valet because it was a salon that had a valet. That's the type of salon it was. (laughs) And she would be pulling up into the valet so that we can run her wig out to her. And then another time it would be, I'll get a, a text from Chase saying, I need you to pack my to-go suitcase because I'm hopping on a jet with Jared Leto. So an Uber will be coming, pulling up, and I'd be taking his suitcase and dropping it into the Uber so they can take it to the jet pad so he can hop on a private jet. It sounds jet like a really Jared. hard life. It was, <laughs> you know, it was a thing. It doesn't sound glamorous at all. No. And so I'm like, okay, but when you experience that, it helps like, okay, this is real. This, I can do this. You know, it makes it a little bit more real when you see someone actually doing it, living it. It's like, it's achievable. It's achievable. Yeah. Stress is worth it. And you're experiencing things that people don't get to experience and learning how to work under this pressure that 
is not always handled very well. And so for you to still shift and be like, I still want to go for that. I still, I can do this too. is so awesome. And I think that's, that's kind of the consciousness you need to get to that place is like, I can do that too. I think a lot of people, like a lot of young people that are listening or people that are starting their careers, it gets kind of concerning when you, you're like, I have these dreams, I have these goals. And then it's like, you get into the salon and then like, they all just start to die a little bit. How, what would you tell someone who wants to do what you do, but they are in a salon and they don't know how to manage their time or break out or how they're supposed to get started? What would be some of your advice to someone like that? Because you've obviously been able to break out of the salon and create a great career on set and with celebrity. I would say get into the right salon. I knew that there were celebrities that went to that salon. I knew that it was like an old, like it was like a Beverly Hills type of like Chris McMillan type of, but even like older than Chris McMillan. Cause I feel like at a time, I think Chris McMillan even worked at Purvey before, you know, it was like one of those old hubs that a lot of the Sally Hirschbergers and the Chris McMillans came out of, you know, those type of salon. It was an older salon like that. So I knew that it bred celebrity hairstylists. So if you can potentially save up enough money and move to a city that if that's what you really want to do, move to a city that has that vibe, or, I mean, you can work with the local influencers and people because now that social media is around, you're having your own little, your celebrities and influencers in, in all these towns, you know, Utah and Nashville, they almost like, you know. little agencies, you know, like exactly. looking for yourselves for this or, you know, I need someone to take on this trip with me versus having before. I know when I had first moved to New York and eased into the celebrity world, it was always like, what hairstyles can I assist to get into that? And now it's like the clients are coming to us sometimes on social media and being like, I want you for this job. Kind of right. Thing. Yeah. But you see that the difference between like that is the abundance, you know, mm-hmm. it's an abundance when you're in a hub. This that, you know, like, yeah, maybe one or two or a few people reach out for you. But like yeah. when you're in that space to where in a celebrity space salon, like the colors next to you is coloring Sharon Osbourne. The hairstylist next to you is blow drying, you know, Julia Roberts. If there's an abundance in a circle like that versus like just relying on it to be just I would you. I love to see those two next to each other to salon. Me too. You know? <laughs> I think that in itself should be filmed. Also, you said it really well, like this salon bred celebrity hairstylists. And I think when you were going back to giving advice for the stylists that want to ease into that world, like that's so good. Like do your research. Mm -hmm. Don't waste your time somewhere that isn't going to elevate you like that. Yeah. You also mentioned that you've assisted a lot of legends in the industry. How do you feel that's shaped you with where you are now? And also where are you now? Who are you working with? You're on set a lot. What can you share with us? What sets you're on? I can share some stuff assisting and I'm still assisting. I'll, I'll, I always say I'll assist, you know, forever. No, I always say that I'll assist until I'm too busy completely to assist. And then I'll, when I'm not as busy I'll, and I have an opportunity, I'll assist. Because sometimes with these big productions, you may be an assistant, but sometimes you're just a part of a team but it's just Mm -hmm. called an assistant. If you're working a campaign where there's seven models, you see some of these commercials and they're like transitioning, you know, one girl hops in the camera and and they, you know, they have the white girl, the black girl, the Asian girl, the Spanish Mm -hmm. girl, and they're all like doing a hair campaign. There's not just one hairdresser doing that person. It takes Mm -mm. a team to get all of those women together. And so if it's a commercial, even about a grocery store and there's multiple people shopping, there has to be a team of hairdressers and a team of people getting all the main characters in that scene, 
you know, whether it's Target or whatever, ready. So yeah. sometimes it's not just like, you're not just passing pins. Sometimes it's like, okay, you're going to take her and I need you to do, you know, there's a whole mood board and everything. And they're like, this is a look for her. This is a look for her. All right, grab her. You're doing this hair. A, right, exactly. And so sometimes it's, it's like that. And then sometimes it's like me, Vernon, Francois and Lupita. And we're getting her ready for a red carpet or something like that. It's a group effort. What sets have you been on lately? What's What are some of the people that you're working with? And how did you make those connections? Because I think that's a big trick for people. It's like, how did you meet the person that you're working for? Right. Yeah. One of the uh, recent gigs that I was pretty excited about, which was maybe three days ago, was a campaign that I did for this company called Daring Foods. And I can see them growing to be something like a Beyond Meat, Impossible Meat, uh, you know, those type oh, of cool. things. They're sold in different stores. And so the campaign was a billboard campaign. And so the shots that we did are going to be on 24 billboards across Los Angeles. That's so cool. So I'm excited. You're just going to be like driving. <laughs> like, oh, that's I me. That. <laughs> I did that. You know, definitely. <laughs> Advertising work pays very well yeah for those that are not used to it it can pay shit but it usually pays well yeah yes decent yes decent i think you get more out of it too because you get to see it yeah yes there are some that are better than others when it comes to celebrities i would imagine that maybe getting to celebrity work comes more from assisting or would you say Um, or there's other avenues at this time i would say that celebrity work a good way to like get a lot of celebrity work can would be like just busting your ass with making content and your network because majority of the time it's your network that gives you gets you the gigs but your network can work better for you if they have images to show that person got it that makes sense if the makeup artist is like oh i want to get my hairstylist my friend who's a hairstylist on you but they don't have anything to show their client then it's like uh, then it's just off my word you know right trust me he's really good it's easier when you have all that content ready and they could be like oh no you need to work with this guy look at his work you know and just Mm -hmm. swiping through your instagram and they'll be like yeah for sure that's awesome do you use instagram as your portfolio or do you have a specific like online portfolio that you have no i'm represented by an agency so my agent has my portfolio on their website yeah Which agency are you with? I'm with Rare Creatives, but I'm also represented by Factory Downtown based out of New York. And then I also have a booking agent in New York as well. Next time you're in New York. I know. (laughs) Do they all primarily book me here though? Got it. For people that are trying to break into agency, I know there's a lot of red tape and there's a right way to go about getting into an agency. How would you explain or explore that with someone who was listening to the podcast? Well, I would say building up a portfolio is very important. Build up your portfolio and then you can, again, I'm a big advocate for assisting. You can go to that board if you don't have the work already behind you. But even still, some agencies, they may say, we're not looking for anyone at this time. Well, you could be like, well, can you add me to your assisting roster? So as far as and they do yeah. call, <laughs> yes, exactly. Because uh, outside of the agencies that I'm rep by as an individual artist, I'm also on the assistant roster for the Wall Group, which is one of the 
best agencies in the world right mm-hmm. now. And so I'm super excited by that, but I couldn't walk in there and be like, Hey, sign me. Cause I'm not there yet right now in my career, which is fine. And so, and then I'm also on uh, the assistant board for the visionary agency, which is the agency that Vernon Francois signed to. That's awesome. Those assisting lists are so powerful because, you know, I remember when I first moved here, I would just email all the agencies in New York and like, I wasn't even trying to be an artist for them. I was like, I want to assist. And they, sometimes they would respond and be like, I'm going to add you to the list. And they just go down that list the day of or looking for Mm -hmm. people. And I would get calls all the time and going and assist. And sometimes they were free and sometimes they were low budget. Sometimes they were really big budget, but I got to experience that just from putting myself out there. So I have had some really awful assisting experience. (laughs) (laughs) Mine were great. I have had some really bad ones just you go in, you want to assist and everyone has a different take on assisting. Mm -hmm. And every person that I've ever assisted, they're either really aggressive or they're really soft or they're really friendly. Like there's always extremes when it comes to like assisting celebrity stylists. Have you had any of those experiences? My worst moments were assisting in the salon, actually. You know, at that Hollywood salon that I was talking about. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like the the guy damn near threw something at me. And so that was that bad? Was, that happened a lot. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, yeah. And so he was tough. And so I'm fine with tough. I'm even fine if you throw something at me, but you have to be <laughs> amazing. Like you are so amazing that you can damn near hit me. Look, I'm good. <laughs> Because <laughs> you're that you're good. getting something out of it. It's like, yeah, I took an iPad to the face, but you know what? I can do hair. <laughs> like, right. so, yeah. any- so there's there's levels. But when somebody is not that great, uh, you know, the ego I'm is like, better Whoa. than the talent. <laughs> Whoa, calm, yeah. calm that down. I don't think we're a match. A lot of people that aren't good have that yeah. that attitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I think I saw this on your. Instagram, correct me if I'm wrong, I may have seen it on someone else's, but I think it was yours. And you were talking about etiquette when assisting on set. I post a few videos about that. Yeah, it's definitely a process. You have really strong opinions about that. What brings that to the forefront for you as something that you want to explain to people? One, because I use assistance as well, uh, pretty often. And I want, I basically have like episodes on my IGTV that I uh, if it's a larger gig, I'll tell the person who's trying to assist me, I say, go and watch all these episodes before you come <laughs> on set with me. That's just smart. so that it's like, you already know how I how I work and how I expect you to act. And it's hard to get frustrated with someone when they completely don't know. Because some of the people who work with me, they're salon stylists and never have been on the set. They don't know. They didn't know that it's not the best thing to do to go and exchange information with a lot of the different people on set. It's not like a networking ground. It's not, we're not here. You're here as a part of the person you're assisting at. You are an extension of them. So any information you, oh, you can, you know, I'm here assisting this person. You know, if you want to get my information, this is the guy you want, the person I'm assisting. Mm -hmm. This is the best. Even though if it's something you can do, it's like, no, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll see his availability. See if he can do it. I'll ask him to see if he's available. What are your biggest pet peeves with an assistant? What are the big no-no's? One of the big no-no's is that if I see you walking around with your phone out, collecting out information, that's a no-no. That's a not getting booked back. It's disrespectful. It's disrespectful. And it's just like network out on your own time, not on my time. And so especially when I, if I'm paying you, 
And right. so two, showing up late, it's very important for the assistant to show up early because they need to know the lay of the land so that when the hairdresser comes, that they can be the one that's telling them everything versus mm-hmm. like finding things out. It just makes everything move faster as well as it's like, okay, we're already set up here. And some artists, they like certain things. So you may get there and you already know that the artist you're assisting won't like that room because there's not enough light in there. So it's like you would have already had moved the production to move you out into a whole new room before the hairstylist actually got there. And so it's like they walk in and they're like, oh, perfect. This room is perfect. But little did they know they had you in a broom closet and you had to go there and move them to a different room and have them rewire electricity, you know, all of that stuff. So that's nice as well as you can kind of get a lay of the land. Do you, you can, do you like the chaotic life of the set life? I do. It's sometimes it's not as that chaotic. And sometimes it's just you're surprised how sweet people are. I think it kind of gets maybe a, a rougher wording than it needs to be a reputation. But a lot of the times people are really sweet. And again, with the hair team and the beauty team, people treat us very well. They're like, yeah. can I carry well, your There bag? is nothing without the beauty team. <laughs> very much so like here for us. Can I get you anything? Let me carry that for you. You know, it's very, can I help put, help you put that in your car? There's people whose jobs that are there, per, you know, PAs who are there to just help the everything go smoother. And we're one of the people that they look out for to make sure that we're having a good experience. I know that you teach a lot of education. Was that born out of the salon or out of set? Like, where did the education part for, for you come from? So I've always been interested in teaching and that whole process. Teaching and learning is actually two things that I really enjoy. And so, all right, so to back it back, I actually started teaching in school, which is very interesting. And so this year like makes 11, 10 years of me teaching, which is really interesting for someone who just got into it. So you know how in school there you get people who come to speak to the students. And so one of the people who came to speak to us was when I was a student was the owner of Ergo Styling Tools, which is a tool company. And he came and spoke. I really enjoy his name is Robert Reed. He's one of my mentors and closest, you know, friends. And I really enjoyed the things that he was saying, his presence, his history in the industry, and some of the things that he did. So I basically followed him out to his car and said, hey, I would love to... <laughs> really creepy, right? He was like, why do you follow <laughs> Really <laughs> creepy. <laughs> yeah, no, it was nice and creepy, just like a movie. And he was <laughs> in his trunk, and put loading up his trunk. He puts down the lid of his trunk and I'm there. He's like... <laughs> <laughs> that was that story and so basically i was like how can i work with you all he invited me to work at the first hair show with them at the booth and this was the long beach hair show and so i worked with them at the booth and long story short i did my thing on the mannequin head the team was watching at the end of the show they said we would like for you to join the team very cool this is me like i'm a cosmetology student at this time in 2011 Yeah. And then they started training me. They put me through uh, third party train the trainer classes. They gave me train the trainer classes. They put me through third party speaking classes through different programs they sent me to. And so they invested in me to get me up to speed. And then I started co-teaching classes 
Well, at first I started assisting with the educators that they had there. And that led to me co-teaching classes. And then that led to me teaching my own classes with one of them shadowing. And then I was just on my own. And they were sending me all across the nation as well as into Canada. And through that time, I was with them for about five years. I was able to teach over a thousand hairstylists in that one time. Incredible. Is there anything that you haven't done in I the know, industry? Right? <laughs> um, yeah, there's a ton. You're like I been there, done that, tried that. <laughs> no, I haven't done a ton of things. I haven't done film, even though I was offered to do film. Yeah, I was going to say, you. this story started with you going to be a filmmaker. Right, yes. And the one thing you haven't done is work in film, which is kind of funny. I don't think we ever talked about what happened with going to film school and then doing hair. Like, when did you decide, like, it's hair? Because it was layered and most everything is. And I think that's a takeaway in itself. Most things are layered. That's a life lesson. Then you think, why did someone do that? It's layered. Why did they make mm-hmm. that decision? It's layered. So it's a, it was a layered decision. And one of the reasons why was because the community behind the hairdressers, you know, there's such a community. We have hair shows, we have Facebook groups, we have podcasts like this, where we're talking about our industry. There's such a community around what we're doing. We're hair geeks, you know, we love what we're doing. So Mm -hmm. the community behind it was fascinating. The people and being creative, we're very creative versus sometimes in film, it's you get a little bit more, you get like technicians, you get like, like handymen in film who look like dressed like handymen and are very much so. So you got your technicians, you have your handyman type of vibes. And I wanted more like artsy artists vibes. And so, right, exactly. So that drew me to there. The money you can make is is amazing you know so the money mm-hmm. and then the cap of the the industry it's a multi-billion dollar industry and it just seems like an easier funner cooler lifestyle so i was like okay <laughs> and so I'll take <laughs> more this. freedom here more freedom this. here with this one and fun and fashion i think everybody can agree that's a big part of why they became hairdressers of not only being expressive and an artist but it's just it's so much fun like even fun. in the hard times it's still fun right exactly what would someone learn with you if they took a class with you? One of the nice things about taking classes with me is that my education, especially my one-on-ones, but even even my groups, if it's a, for a particular salon group, they're very customizable. I find that when you do some education for some of these bigger groups, it's very direct. This is what we're here to do, and this is what it is. Sometimes, you know, that's great if that's what you like really want or if that's like, all right, we need to learn precision cutting. So we're going to learn how to cut a a right angle, you know, or a straight line today. And it's very direct. But a lot of the times we need a little bit more customizing uh, to our education or a lot of the times we may think we need something and we may go into it. But really, we need to learn the steps behind it or really we need to xyz so um, my education is very customizable a lot of the times that's so cool and so in my classes a lot of the things we do is i help talk with my stylist about strategizing about entering the industry entering on set work or just strategizing what they want to do with their career in beauty, figuring out what it is and their lane that they want to do. That's something, like I said, when I was 18, I was able to strategize like, okay, this is how I'm going to get on set. So that's just something within me. So I can connect the dots. That's just how my brain works. 
And so when someone tells me this, this, that, and the other, a lot of times I'm able to hear them out and say like, okay, you don't want to do that. Do you, you think you want to be an on-set hairdresser, <laughs> but that's not what you want to do because it's a lifestyle because you have to, you know, and then I'd like break this down and the whole investment of them coming to be an on-set hairdresser. I gave them a revelation, you know, an yeah. aha moment yeah. that that's something they can do as a hobby, but they don't have to change their whole lifestyle to become an onset hairdresser because listening to their ideal lifestyle and letting them know what the lifestyle is of an onset hairdresser, it doesn't link up. Yeah, you can do multiple things. Exactly. Like you don't always have you, to stick with one. Right. You don't have to make it your career. You can, yeah, you can do a photo shoot anytime you want. Put it together, produce it yourself and have a photo shoot, get those juices and then go back to whatever you're doing. You don't have to mm-hmm. make it a lifestyle. So sometimes in my class, I help people. We list everything out. I'm able to hear them out and then figure it out strategy. I, when some of my one-on-ones where one of my alumni, where she's launching a hairline. So, and then sometimes it's straight hair, you know, sometimes it's straight hairdressing. So right. that's my career. I'm, I don't cut, I color, I, well, I don't do color, but I do cutting, but I don't teach that. I get paid to style hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get paid right. top dollar to yeah. style hair. So that's how I make a living. And so that's what I share. What's your favorite thing to teach? I love teaching the the mental stuff because it's such a big part of it. Right. And you can learn YouTube and no, most of these classes, you go to these big group classes, not, not a lot of times they're going to give you the juice or they're going to give it mm-hmm. to you real, or it's going to be so tailored to you because there's a hundred people in the class or 300 people in the class. So it's easier to learn a lot of this, like, this is how to style hair. You can sit in front of a YouTube video or, a, or an Instagram video and watch it over and over and over again and figure out how to do that hands-on situation. But someone altering your mind or removing certain barriers or being upfront with you. I've had multiple people cry in my class. <laughs> As you coaches, know. we feel that. <laughs> exactly. Just realistic crying. So I like that. That feels more impactful for me as a leader and like as a coach and a teacher. I'm like, oh, you're going to be a different person after this. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be so elevated. You said something powerful before we started recording and you were talking about the importance of having support and how important it is to just have that team of people in your life. And us being business coaches in the hair industry, we're like, you need your people, you need your mentors, you need your coaches. And like, it is impossible to do it on your own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To piggyback off of what Sid said, we were talking about self-made people. What is your opinion on self-made people versus people that are looking for that support and that help? And someone who's self-made, what makes it different than someone who is is reaching out for support. I feel that there are self-made people, but I feel that they are the Kobe Bryant's, the LeBron James, the select few. There's a ton of basketball players, but there's only a handful of, there's one LeBron James and there's one Kobe Mm -hmm. Bryant and there's one Michael Jordan. So those are those few. Yeah, so you have those self-made people, but idolizing those people I think aren't as beneficial because not everyone is going to go in the gym like LeBron James is going to go in the gym to make sure that he stays LeBron James or Mm -hmm. go in the gym as much as Kobe did so that he would stay his skills as sharp as him. And so that's why those are standout people. But majority of people need guidance. They need coaching. They need direction. And so 
I did a post about it and some people got up in arms. Some people were like, I'm self-made, <laughs> you know, I'm self-made this, that, and other. And I'm like, that's great. I'm not saying that. That's not was, giving credit yeah. to your mentors either. Yeah. But I'm saying, yeah, there are some people who didn't have any mentors and then they yeah. stayed mm-hmm. were alone so long that they started to push away mentorship because mm-hmm. they're like, well, I've got this far by myself. I don't need, you know, I've, I've met people like that. And so I'm like, okay, that's fine with you all, but majority of people. And so that's all that I have to say about that is that I think majority of people need guidance. And I definitely didn't get here by myself. And, and I'm happy that I didn't because there's a lot of shortcuts. There's nothing like sitting in front of someone who has 30 even 20, 30, 40 years experience in their knowledge, you know, in their experience, Mm -hmm. just talking to you about what it is that you're trying to do. Like, oh, you're trying to do this? Yeah, I've been doing it for the last 30 years, you know? (laughs) Why wouldn't you want someone like, oh, okay, what are some things I should look out for? What are some shortcuts? You know, what are some... Things I should give me work the secrets. On. Give me the secrets. Who, who's the go-to? Just so much information that you can get from a mentor or a coach. Or what does it look like? What's my content look like? What am I putting out? How am I positioning myself? And how should I be positioning myself to get what it is that I want? I love that you put that in your education, though, because I think that's what it's beyond just technical. It's like, yeah, you get technical, but now you're teaching them what to do with this knowledge that you've given them, and I think that you're giving them direction, and that's priceless. Well, now that everybody wants to work with you, yep. how <laughs> let's do, tell them how to find how you. How do they find you? How do they get connected? And do you have anything special for them? Yes, yes, definitely. Okay, so all right, so I have three tiers of education, three touch points of education. And so one is my group classes, and I'm excited that the world is opening back up because this summer and fall and potentially winter, we'll see how if, if we lock back down during winter. But definitely this summer of 2021, I'll be opening back up my group classes. And so I'm taking pre-bookings for those. So salon owners or hairstylists, if you have a community and you're like, okay, let's get five hairstylists together of our friends and bring Mitchell out. You know, to do a class. How far will you travel? We have a big base in Canada, so I, like, <laughs> yeah, I go to Canada okay. for sure. I was, I did a, a multiple years in Canada teaching out there, so I will awesome. definitely go, go out to Canada. But I think it'll definitely be fresh because even the the hairstyling approach will be fresh because it's just it's a different market out there. So that's the group experience. Then I do one on ones. So if you want just a getaway, especially if you're in Canada and it's you know not as warm <laughs> as it is in Cali, they're still locked down in some parts. Really, yeah. just everywhere in the East Coast. All right, exactly. <laughs> I have someone flying out here from Pennsylvania, and she's like, "Oh, I'm bringing my boyfriend. We're gonna make it a trip." <laughs> People come out here for their birthday, and this is their birthday gift to themselves, their class, nice. and this weekend. So people fly out here for a one on one. And then I'm working on a virtual experience uh, at MitchellCantrell.com. Right now, it's, it's you know, maybe by the time this video comes out, it'll actually be available. But that's going to be the virtual online education. And so those awesome. are the three. It's so cool. That's awesome. So they can go to MitchellCantrell.com. Start by DMing me. Let me see. Let's do Instagram. Yeah, let's, yeah. Shoot me a DM because like I said, my education is very customizable. We can have a little consultation. I can see what it is, where you're at, what is it that you actually need or what is it that your team needs? Let's have a conversation. That's the beauty of working with the independent educators that it's not, you're not just, I'll take option number one, 
You know, you may need uh, option number two with a little bit of number three mixed in there. They're customizing it for them. And that's the big thing. So what is your Instagram handle? Yes. Mitchell Cantrell Beauty. So that's M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L Beauty. (laughs) B-E-A-U-T-Y. You also got to spell it. (laughs) And we'll be tagging you and posting you and doing a whole beautiful press for this episode. So we'll be able to tag that. And then what is the special gift you have for our listeners? Yes. So I'm going to be offering the listeners, whoever listens to this, there's going to be a promo called called destroy. And so you're going to be able to just type that into the promo bar It's a promo code bar on the website, mitchellcantrell.com. And then you'll be able to receive 20% off of the virtual experience. And so, awesome. cool. yes. so if you're DMing him, make sure you let him know that you heard this episode and then he'll help you get set up so that you can use that code and get your 20% off. So let him thank know you we so sent, much. We sent him some I know. Let him know we sent <laughs> yes, you. Definitely. But thank you so much for being here with us today. And I love what you're doing in the industry and I love what you're teaching. And I think that we need more of you out there in, in this world right now. Mm. He's hopefully through your education, you can make little use. Yeah. Just yes, we need more use everywhere. Yes. Just plant them all over. I love that. That's you know maybe that'll be one of the future projects. Once I get exactly. some more years under my belt, then I'll be like, okay, now we'll do train the trainer classes. Yes, exactly. That's what's going to happen. So stay tuned. And even if you're interested in just learning more about the industry in general, maybe they're not interested in the class just yet, but really just, I'd say, reaching out to you, DMing you, and kind of connecting that way. And you have your whole IGTV series, which is so cool. Right. Definitely. Of what and what not to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think <laughs> some more of that can also be on the virtual education. Like stuff like that yeah. is, is great to digest on a virtual education uh, situation. You know, some online education, that'll be great where I can go in depth because sometimes like I sign NDAs about some of this stuff. So I, Mm -hmm. you know, may not be putting everything on that. For those people who don't know what an NDA is, it's a non-disclosure agreement, which means I'm not technically supposed to be talking about whatever it is. Which is why you have to take this exclusive class. Which is why they will be signing (laughs) NDAs. Right, Right, exactly. (laughs) About what they're learning. Right, which is why it's better for me to have it on a protected platform to where, you know, some of those People can't just see like, oh, you're not supposed to be talking about this, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> well, now I want to sign up. I want to know, what, <laughs> I know what's right? happening. We'll be in that class because I'm curious now. <laughs> but, yeah. well, thank, thank you, you again. so much for uh, coming. All right. We hope, to be, we hope to be inviting people back. So you are definitely on that list of people. And we yes. cannot wait to see and hear more about how those classes go. Awesome. Thank you all so much for this opportunity. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Rachel. Bye. Next time on Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. I had a student tell me that they had a client come in. And the client said, do you think that you should be charging what you're charging without a college degree? (laughs) Yeah. Can you imagine someone saying that? I mean, I would have slapped her in the face. (laughs) I would have slapped her in the mouth. Um, It would have been been very reactive. Let me tell you how much more money we hairdressers without college degrees made (laughs) over so-and-so that went to Harvard. (laughs) 